Hey, what's up, Fervent fam? My name is Mike Rosado, lead pastor here at Fervent Church, and welcome to another Fervent Online experience. Man, we've been in this series, This Is The Way, and you know the routine, right? So if you're in the chat right now, ready, repeat after me, this is the way, this is the way. All right, we're talking about what is the, what is the real byproduct of living the way that Jesus calls us to live. And last week we talked about bearing fruit and how to bear fruit. So if you didn't catch that, make sure you catch that a little later. You can watch it on YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever podcasts are out there, um, you can listen to it. But make sure you catch up to it because it's really going to be the foundation of how we continue on in this series on this is the way. And what does it look like? What does it look like? to really follow Jesus. And then last week we talked about um, the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. And, and very quickly it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and what do we say the fruit of the Spirit was? Well, fruit of the Spirit is the byproduct of the presence of God in our lives, okay? And so when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we're talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit, right? So Holy Spirit is basically like quoting ludicrous. If I move, you move. Just like that, all right? This is the way. And so today, um, last week we talked about this is fruit. Today I want to talk about this is love. How to bear the fruit of love in your life. If anybody right now, if you could just rewind the tape a little bit, do you remember the first time your heart was broken? All right. The first time my heart was broken is I remember um, I had my eye on this girl for a really long time and it was a season in my life where I just gave my life to Jesus and I said, all right, I'm not going to date for a little bit, right? Anybody ever do that? When you give your life to the Lord, say, like, I'm dating Jesus, right? That was me, dating Jesus for a while. I didn't want to date. And then but I had my eye on this girl, and she was beautiful, and, and she was like this, this had this sense of innocence about her that I really loved. And, and, and so I fell for her pretty hard. And then finally had the nerve to ask her out to prom. She said yes. And so for weeks, we're getting ready to go to prom until... Two weeks before the prom, everybody say two weeks. Two weeks before the prom, um, she pulled me to the side in, in our high school hallway and says, hey, I have some terrible news to tell you. And I said, okay, what's going on? And she says, I cannot go to the prom with you. I said, okay, uh, why? And this is what she says. She goes, well, I can't go with you anymore because my father found out that you were Puerto Rican. And he has a lot of problems with that. And so not only can I not go to the prom with you, I just can't be seen with you anymore. Now, the crazy part about this is that I've met her dad before. The crazy part about this is that pretty much everyone in high school knew that I was Puerto Rican. Um, but for some strange reason, he didn't know. So it wasn't even about the color of my skin. It wasn't even about the concept of my character. It literally had to do with them finding out about my heritage and it completely destroyed the relationship. The crazy part about this is that my heart was broken in so many ways. My heart was broken because, wow, now, like I faced racism in the past before, 
um, but never so personal like this. You know, if anything, I was, I was called a racial slur from a distance from a stranger, and, and there was no emotional connection to it. This time it hit home. This time it hit me right in the core of my being that I was rejected, again, not by the color of my skin because some white people are darker than I am, right, but by my heritage, by my race, by my, what the blood that's in my veins, by my DNA, I was rejected. And it broke my heart. And not only broke my heart socially, it broke my heart because, like, I really like this girl. It broke my heart because I was, like, really excited and I was disappointed and I was upset and my heart was broken. Not only that, it gave me this thing, this question now. um, What is this thing called love? Like, how how can you be in a relationship and all of a sudden not be in a relationship? How can you say you love someone or like someone and then all of a sudden not like someone? It had me going through this question on what is love? What is love? And so if we're going to bear the fruit of love, again, please do yourself a favor and do not look at this message or hear this message with the filter saying, ah, he's going to talk about love. I know everything about love. Let's give it a clean slate because here's what I'm going to warn you. Some of the points that I'm going to say today are going to be some duh moments, D-U-H, duh moments. But I, I know for a fact that if we allow ourselves to really listen and know his word about love, these duh moments are going to turn to revelation moments. Wow, it should be duh but I still don't abide with these truths, okay? So we're going to listen to what, what God says about love, unconditional love. And listen, the word unconditional love actually, in my opinion, is an unnecessary phrase, right? That's like me saying like a short, small person, right? That's like, that's like me saying a tall, big person, right? Unconditional. It's love. Love is uh, supposed to be unconditional. There is no other form of love but unconditional. So this is what we're going to learn about today. So 1 John 4, if I'm really honest with you, it's, uh, 1 John is one of my, my favorite books for tons of reasons, but, but let's dive in. And, and listen, uh, there's a lot of verses here, um, but there's so much fruit and juice in this thing that we're going to drink it up today, all right? So it says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Everybody in the chat say amen. Love is from God. Remember that. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Let me say that again because that is so flipping and pointing. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God has made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world. So now... This is the embodiment of love is through Jesus so that we may live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us. There's that word abide again. God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit, okay? So now this ties, let's get in scripture, interpret scripture, right? We're abiding in him, he's abiding in us. We're gonna produce the, the things of the spirit, right? Given to us by his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus right now, if you confess, if you confess that Jesus is God, which, we, which here at Fervent Church we do, 
right? Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe that the love that God has for us, God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this, by this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. That day when this is all over, we can say we know love, we have been loved, and we have loved others, okay, by the time of judgment. Because he is also, but as he is, so are we in this world. I love that phrase. You might have heard me preach on that phrase, but it is so true. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. He is my identity. He is my true north. He's the person I look to when I'm wondering how should I act in this moment. As he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. I believe that, yo, if we just memorize this whole chapter, like we could just live life on this, right? It says, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We don't fear punishment anymore because we're saved. Come on, somebody. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has, has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. We're talking about the law of love. Forget all the rules for right now in this conversation. We're talking about the law of love. That is what we function with. That is what we refer to. We don't refer to all these other laws and all these other religious rules. What does the law of love require us? And it says this, if we say that we abide in God, we must love our fellow brothers and sisters. We must love our neighbors if we are abiding in God, if we are attached to God. So when I talk about love, I'm talking about that agape type of love. In the New Testament, most of you know that the New Testament is written in Greek, and Greek is a phenomenal language because it just doesn't have one word for love, right? In the English language, we just have one word for love, right? So we say stupid things like, I love Big Macs, right? Or the Christian Mecca, I love Chick-fil-A, right? Or I love milkshakes. You don't love, you don't agape love it. The word agape means this is godly love. And then there's phileo love, which is the brotherly love that we have for one another. And then there's eros love, which is the erotic love, the love that we share between spouses, right? And so there's all these different kinds of love. So when I talk about love today, I'm talking about that agape love. I'm talking about that love that straight from God. He loves us and that love is flowing through us to us and through us to someone else, all right? So when John says, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Again, some of these points right now are gonna be some pretty dub points, but I needed to penetrate all of our hearts, including my own. Point number one is this. God is the only source of love. God is the only source of love of love. Don't think for one second you could love your kids without God being the source of love. Don't think for one second you could love this world without God being the source of love. You cannot be the source of love. I cannot be the source of love. There are times where love needs to be a supernatural thing. And I think what we've done is we've taken it and we've lowered it down to a human level. And at best, all humans can do is like something. And when we like something, sometimes we like things temporarily. Come on. You know, when you were growing up, you used to like certain foods or not like certain foods. I used to hate broccolini. You know what? I will 
throw down some broccolini right now. I know some of the kids right now or teens that are watching like, ew, that's disgusting. Wait till you get older. When honestly, I'm Puerto Rican, so when I was younger, I know this is like heretical in the Puerto Rican community. I used to hate rice and beans. <gasps> I used to hate rice and beans. Now, as an adult, I will cut you for some rice and beans. I get mad at my mom at any holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. It doesn't matter what holiday, barbecues. If she doesn't make rice and beans, I'm upset and disappointed, all right? So our like is very fickle. Our like, when we like something, it's very temporary. But love is permanent, okay? Love is permanent. And so that's why we need to throw out the terminology, well, I'm in love with the person or I'm not in love with the person or I fell out of love with that person. No, 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 no. If God is our source of love, then I never stop loving anyone because God never stops loving anyone. That's way better than you're commenting right now, right? So God is a source of love, number one. God is a source of love. Number two, we can't love unless we know God. We can't love unless we know God. This is what Scripture says. We read this. It says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. It also says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar, okay? So we can't love unless we know God. So here's a crazy part about this principle that I want us to understand. If we're struggling with bearing the fruit of love, if you want to bear more of the fruit of love, ask yourself right now, how much do you know God in that moment? Okay? The word know is very powerful even in the Greek language because when you talk about knowing God, you will know the truth. It's gnosko. You will know the truth and the truth that sets you free. Gnosko, it's actually a representation of intimacy. Okay? So if I'm struggling loving my neighbor, if I'm struggling, let's be honest, I'm a pastor. There are times where some of y'all get on my nerves. All right? I'm human. I'm sorry. I love you continually, but you get on my nerves. And I'm pretty sure sometimes I get on your nerves as well. Right? And so but there are times when if I struggle with that, what we do is we try to figure out, okay, what do I, how do I handle this problem or how do I handle this situation? And here's what I found out. I had to find out the hard way that sometimes it has nothing to do with the situation. It has nothing to do with that person's behavior. It has nothing to do with anything but my intimacy with God. If you have a difficulty, if, if you find it difficult forgiving someone, Okay, forgiveness is a supernatural thing. Write that down. If that, if, that, if that is hitting you right now, write it in the comments. Forgiveness is a supernatural thing. We cannot forgive in our own power. And the reason we forgive is because, A, we've been forgiven. In the same way, the only way we could love is if, A, we've been loved or allowed ourselves to be loved. So listen to me real quick. So whenever you have a difficult day, if you're struggling loving your spouse, loving your kids, loving your coworkers, loving, you know, your, 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 your roommates, whatever it might be, if you, there's a difficulty there, don't first, don't let your instincts take over and don't go, let me figure out what the situation is. Let me remedy the situation. Ask yourself this question, how is my intimacy with God? Because here's what I know. If I know God, then I could love. If I know God, because we can't love unless we know God. I know that's a big dumb moment, but come on, folks. You know darn well we want to fix the problem rather than fixing our relationship with Jesus. There's nothing wrong with the audio, folks. I'm just letting it sink in. All right? We want to fix the problem rather than fixing our relationship with Jesus. Again, we, if you, if you know God, 
you, 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 you can't love unless we know God. Number three, if you know God, you have to love. <laughs> if, you, if you know God, you have to love. We think we have the luxury of hating things and people. I, I, I hate to bust your bubble, folks. If we know God, we have to love. Well, you know, nothing should be obligatory. No, this one is. I, I, don't, I, I believe that the word of God is true. And it says this, if you know God, it says this, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us, okay? So people, we reveal God, we reveal God by our love for one another. That's how we reveal God. No one can ever see God, but they do see God through our love. So if God abides enough, we, we say that the phrase in the church too, that, that God is in me, Jesus is in my heart. You know, God lives and dwells in me. That's beautiful and that's great. But if that's true, if that's true, if God abides in us, then honestly, we're obligated to love. We're obligated to love. We have no choice but to love people. Not only love our neighbors, but also we're called to love our enemies. We're, we're love, we, we have to love the people that are getting on our nerves. We have to love the people that are completely opposite of who we are. We have to love the people that make us uncomfortable. We have to love those awkward people. We have to love those weirdos. We have to love everyone in our path. Why? Because if we know God, we have to love. We have to. It's very important. Number four, hate hides God. Oh, 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 oh. hate hides God. Whenever there's any hate, just know that you're hiding God from people. It's literally impossible to reveal God to someone you hate. Write that down. It's literally impossible to reveal God to someone you hate. It does not say, John 3.16 does not say, for God so hated the world that he gave his only begotten son. It says, so God so loved the world. Fervent church, can I just challenge us that, like, we don't have to be of the world, but daggone it, we do have to love the world. We have to love people. We have to love the insiders and the outsiders. We, because if not, if there's any hate in our hearts, any hate, even an ounce of it, just know that that ounce hides God from people. It hides God from people. And I wonder if we're missing out on the miracles of reconciliation because we're holding on to bitterness that honestly doesn't belong in a believer's mindset. Why? Because hate hides God. All the problems in our world is because we, we've taught ourselves that we're off the hook if we hate someone. We could, if we could dehumanize people, right? And that's what sometimes we've done. We speak so negatively about whatever other side you're on. We speak so negatively about them. And you got to be cautious because I believe that's a, it's a plan of the enemy to get us to a place where if, we could, if I could dehumanize that person, not only do I, do I have to hate them, because here's what hate does. You don't stay in hate. Eventually, hate goes into complete callousness where you don't even care at all. You don't even pay them no mind. You dehumanize that person where that person's not even a human in your book. That person's not even a, a, a part of your world even. And it's easy for you not to take responsibility for it. 
And listen, folks, if we're called to be believers, there's a responsibility that all of us have. Matthew 28 says it very clearly. Go out into the world to all nations, all races, all colors, all people of so different social back, uh, economic backgrounds, all political parties, all nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. And listen, in Matthew 28, Jesus says, when you do that stuff, I will be with you. In other words, Jesus says, this is my business, and I will be a part of my business, and I will be with you to the very end of age. So God wants to be in this. Why? Because that is the mission of love. That is the mission of love that's fueled by the law of love, and it's, and it's, it's sourced by the lover himself, and his name is Jesus. All right? And so when we have any bit of hate in our hearts... We hide God. Let's check ourselves. Let's repent right now, folks. Repent means that we, we, we confess our dirt. We come clean to God. And not only we come clean, we walk away from it. We do a 180. Let's do a 180 with any ounce of hate in our hearts. All right? If you've been afraid to call it racism, right, right now, just call it what it is. Let's denounce it. Let's confess it. If there's any ounce of racism in your heart, you hide God from people. If there's any ounce of bitterness towards someone that, that you can't stand and maybe they've hurt you, there's hate in your heart. And you're hiding God from those people. And listen, I know that I've, I've had trauma in my life. There's some people that have really severely hurt me. I've had family members who are alcoholics and they really, really hurt me. And, and at times, like in, the, in my past, I used to look at, down on a person who struggled with alcoholism. And I allowed that bitterness to hide God from those people. And thank God, God came in and showed me my pain, my hurt, healed my heart, so that now I could extend that love and reveal God to even to the groups of people that have hurt us. And listen, all because some representative of that group hurt you doesn't mean the whole group hurts you. Some of y'all need to hear that today. Why? Because hate hides God. I can't push that any more than I have. And listen, when John says it best, he goes, we love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. Guess what, folks? He loves those people you hate. He loves those people you hate. Ain't that crazy? He adores those people you hate. That, don't be selfish. Jesus just didn't die for you. He died, let me say this very clearly. He died for the people that you hate. Well, hate's a strong word. Fine, if you're bitter towards them, if you can't stand them, if they irritate you. Guess what, folks? Jesus still died for those individuals. And recognize that your bitterness, your irritation, your frustration, your hate hides God to those people. Y'all getting this? Number five, last one. God has to love you before you can love someone else. Let me say that again. God has to love you before you can love someone else. I always say this, that you will never feel loved until you feel understood. And we just finished celebrating Christmas, and the beautiful thing about Christmas is that 
Yes, Jesus was fully God, but he became fully man. And the Bible talks about that we don't have a priest that doesn't know how to sympathize with our weaknesses, that was tempted in every single way. You know what the beautiful part about our God is? That he understands us. He understands us. Like, he knows what it means to be backstabbed. He knows what it means to grieve. He knows what it means to cry. He knows what it means to be tempted. He knows what it means to be frustrated. He knows what it, he understands us. Why? Because it's incredibly difficult to love someone until they feel understood. And my God, my God makes us feel understood through Jesus. He makes us feel understood. So you are loved. And again, you, God has to love you before you can love anyone else. And so... If, if we want to bear more fruit in our relationships, make sure we're tethered. Make sure we're tied to the love of God. Because we can't love anyone else until you are first love. You can't give what you don't have. One of the, the repetitive phrases that we say here at Fervent Church, you cannot be a tour guide of a place you've never experienced. Have you really wholeheartedly experienced the fullness of the love of God. Like, some of us, we still have performance strongly attached to the love of God. So when I say, are you attached to God's love, don't let that attachment be performance. The, the attachment, oh, y'all get this? Our attachment to the love of God is Jesus, not our performance. Our attachment to the love of God is Jesus, not our performance. But sometimes when we're not performing well, when I go a couple days without prayer, a couple days without doing my devotional, I feel less love. And can I tell you, folks, I, I know I say that there's no such thing as perfect theology, but we do know what's bad theology, and that is bad theology. That God can't love you any less right now. God loves you on, at your worst, all right? He loves you at your worst. And so... We live in this tension all the time when it comes to his love because we're responding to his love. We're, we're not actively trying to achieve his love. We're just responding to his love. So out of that response, I hold these tensions in my heart. I always say things like, I'm not as good as I think I am, but I'm not as bad as I think I am either. That helps me because I want to get better for God right? I want to get better because of his love, not for God's love, okay? And, and I, I live in this other tension that I'll never know myself until I know the one who knows me better than myself. And some of us, you're trying to go through this self-discovery and being self-aware. And sometimes that's simply just being attached to the Father who knows you better than anyone else. And you will never love yourself until you know the one who loves you better than yourself. Have you ever struggled, and this is just me, folks. Have you ever struggled with beating yourself up? Have you ever struggled with beating yourself? Sometimes I struggle with beating myself up. When, when I don't perform well, like, I will beat myself up. And we love to shame ourselves into change. Let me say that again. We love to shame ourselves into change. Heck, we love shaming others into shame. And sometimes, like, we, maybe this is you because this has been me. I'm really good at not letting other people be religious, but sometimes I'm still religious to myself. Because what religion does, religion loves you when you're at your best, right? But I love it that God always loves me even when I'm at my worst, all right? And so with me, I don't allow myself to be loved when I'm not performing well. But I'll tell everyone else, man, if you're jacked up right now, if you, if you sinned this morning, 
I'm, I will still confidently tell you God adores you. But when it comes to saying that to myself in the mirror, sometimes I beat myself up. And listen, what I have to get, what I have to get is that I cannot continue preaching. I cannot continue imparting something that I don't have. And I need to own this too, that God loves me at my worst. So maybe you're just like me and you're really good at making sure that religion doesn't live in your environment. But make sure it doesn't live in your heart because religion will only love you at your best. But my real God, our real God, loves us even at our worst. That's the love we're supposed to bear. If we're walking by the Spirit, if we're in step with the Spirit, when it says that the, the, the fruits of the Spirit is love, it's that love right there. That love right there that has no ounce of hate. It's divine. It is supernatural. It is not human-driven. It is not human-developed. It is that God-shaped love. And again, that's another unnecessary statement because God is love. And I hope that hits you. And so here's what I want to do right now. Um, my prayer is that there's some people here that maybe that's the first time someone ever presented it to you that way, that, whoa, God loves me even at my worst? Absolutely. And maybe you've heard it before, but it's finally sunk in, that it got into your heart. I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray that, that, that you have an intimate relationship with Jesus. You might have had the religion of Jesus prior to this, but I want to pray for a relationship with Jesus. Let me pray for you right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your son who died on the cross for us so that we could have a relationship with God. You did not die on the cross for us for more religious rules. You did not die on the cross for us, for us to continue to perform to gain your acceptance, God. You accept us just the way we are with open arms. Forgive us if we've ever been religious to ourselves. Forgive us if we've allowed religion to represent your love, God. God, we receive your love right now, your real love. Your real love, for you are love. We receive you in our hearts so that we could have, we desire, we desire a true relationship with you. And if we do have a relationship with you, we are children of God. We are adopted in you. We abide in you. You're a Savior and Lord and the lover of our soul. And we declare that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, do us a big favor. Help us help you by clicking on the raise your hand link that the hosts are going to put in right now. Or you can go later on on our website, click on the menu and click the raise your hand button. And we want to help you out on a journey. We want to hear and celebrate with you for this great decision that you made today. And keep on coming back. We're going to continue learning how this is the way to walk in our lives because I believe that the best is truly yet to come. You might have heard that statement in church, but I really mean it authentically. Our, our, our future, we have a better future ahead of us. Despite what's going on in our world, we have a better future ahead of us. And I'm excited to live that with you. All right. Amen, guys. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next week.